Welcome to the Experiment Podcast, where we talk about life and business and how they daily intersect. I'm your host, Laura Doughty. Let's get to some real talk. Welcome, everybody, to the Experiment Podcast. This is Laura Doughty, your host, and I am super, super excited for our Friday free-for-all part two of entrepreneur versus employee, and I am super honored to have my friend, Miss Lizzie Palma, here with me. And before I, you know, get to chit-chatting with her, I want to give you a little bit of background, and she'll tell you a little bit more about herself. But we have worked together in real estate, and she's actually been a licensed agent since 2005. She is a lifelong Texan with roots in both West Texas and the Dallas-Fort Worth area. So if you guys are in that area, definitely reach out to her. She knows the Texas market so well, and she's very, very passionate about not only, you know, finding the right home for her clients, but in anything she does. Um, and one thing for sure that if you ever have like 30 seconds, quite honestly, probably 10 seconds with her, you'll absolutely identify with her true servant's heart and just the most bubbly, happy personality. And she's a dog mom. So we have that in common. You have uh, two American Bulldogs, right? They're actually boxers. Boxers. I keep, I always do that. I always mix boxers and American Bulldogs. <laughs> They're just as cute. They are cute. They're adorable. So tell everybody, because I know that prior to like our pre-call prep, we were talking about how the other things that you have done, because I know you've been in HR, you've done lots of things, and I was sharing with you how as I was working through life and all of that stuff, you start to get kind of a complex when you have an entrepreneurial spirit that you're just supposed to have one job. And if you're an entrepreneur, it's just, it's really hard to fit into that box. So um, tell everybody the other things that you have massive depth of experience in. Absolutely. First of all, Thank you, thank you, thank you for having me. This is so fun. It's awesome, yeah. <laughs> it's awesome. And, yeah, you're right. I think the the entrepreneur in me um, has realized that all the different positions that I have held and the different careers I thought were the ones were really just part of the journey to become this entrepreneur, right, versus yeah. an employee. As an employee, you're doing the work that someone else is asking you to do. And the work that you're supposed to be doing is the one that you would stop at nothing to do. Right. Right. That's your true work. Right. Everything else is a job. Everything else is a career. I personally been a licensed cosmetologist. Oh, my God. I didn't know that. That's so cool. Did you know I owned a spa? Oh, cool. See? Oh, my gosh. Okay. <laughs> we got to talk more about that. <laughs> Good. Oh, sorry. yes. I, in 1992, got my license here in Texas and was a single parent, had a little bitty three-and-a-half-year-old, and I loved a very, very creative uh, side. And sure. I, I loved that part, the artistry. I mm-hmm. uh, loved cutting hair and styling, just creating, right? So that filled that void. But the mama in me was like, wait a minute. I'm cutting hair till nine o'clock at night and I'm, I don't get to be home to read bedtime stories. And that to me wasn't worth missing. 
Sure. Right. Mom and sister and aunt were helping me parent while I was being creative. And I just had a moral issue with that and just couldn't do it. So previous to that, I worked for the Attorney General's Office in the Child Support Enforcement Division. Oh, wow. Chasing deadbeat dads. (laughs) So I processed all their paternity suits and literally chased deadbeat dad to take their DNA tests so we could uh, prove that they're the papas and and, uh, have them pay some child support. So I did that. I did that for a while, and then that's a reality show. Hilarious. And then uh, you know, after my divorce, I could have very easily stayed and grow in that job and have a fantastic pension because I worked for the state and just did that. But it just, as fun and exciting as that was, I still had a void. Mm -hmm. There's no creativity there, right? So that was when I packed up everything. I was in Midland, Texas at the time. That's where my daughter was born. Packed up everything, packed up my baby, and headed back home to El Paso, Texas. And stayed with my aunt and uncle until I got my cosmetology license. Did that for a little bit until it just really, I was missing my, my child at night. And so I thought, I'm, I got to go back and just get a regular 8 to 5, Monday through Friday, so I can be at home with my daughter at night and on the weekends mm-hmm. and be the parent that I wanted to be. And that's what I did. I went and got a job at the local government office there in El Paso and worked for a criminal district judge as a file clerk. And then about six months after that, my efforts were noticed, and I was offered a legal assistant position with the public defender's office, and I did that till I was noticed again by an incoming district <laughs> I was going to say, you guys are going to start to see a theme here, that when Lizzie steps into the room, she gets noticed, because she makes things happen. I am absolutely a doer, and boy, if I'm enjoying what I'm doing, I do it really well, Yeah. really well, and and yeah, a bored Lizzie is not a not a good Lizzie. So I was a legal secretary at the public defender's office, then an incoming judge. Oh, I need you, Lizzie. So I went to be the assistant to a double criminal docket district judge, and I love that. That actually kind of satisfied a lot of my needs, of course, from that file clerk from when I first started to the court administrator that I was now doing. I had quadrupled my income in a year and a half Wow! just by climbing that little ladder and working hard and smiling while I did it. (laughs) And I got to meet a lot of great people and did that for quite a while. And then just kind of kept moving up, got more involved in that. Then I moved from the administration of justice to the administration of government and worked for elected officials there. We had a big public corruption scandal there that I was very in tune with starting to read people with high integrity and people with no integrity. Mm-hmm. I could smell them a mile away. And so I stayed with that government job for about almost 16 years. Wow. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And before I left that job, I got my real estate license. Again, single parent, 
my daughter at that point was in high school, you know, junior high, and there were band trips, and then we had time for a car, and then it was prom dresses, and that ain't cheap. <laughs> and government jobs don't pay very much. So I had a very dear friend that was a seasoned realtor, and she talked me into it. I'm like, gee, I don't know. Sales? Meh, I don't know. Please. <laughs> And she's like, I think you'd be great. You'd love people. Yeah. She's like, I think you'd be great. So I took her advice and I told my sister, let's do it. Let's do it together. So my sister and I went to real estate school. So I worked for the government during the day, went to school at night. And then my sister just went to school just to have fun and go to school with me. <laughs> we had a blast. Cute. <laughs> she didn't want to get her license. Anyway, so I ended up getting my license and I'm like, now what? What do I do with it? Right. We learn everything we need to learn in school, but they not necessarily taught me about how to actually get started in the biz. Right. And little did I know, I kind of already had those skills in me <laughs> from all the different experiences I had already had to that point. So I leaned on my friend, the realtor, quite a bit, and she just kind of tucked me under her wing and showed me the things I didn't know, right? The mm -hmm. technical things that I didn't know because the sales side I had in me. Right. I have a very, very keen sense of service. And every job that I had to that point was experience in serving my community with the attorney and, general's office. I was serving those single moms. Yeah. I was, I and would, let me add to that. Yes. Serving those people mm -hmm. through systems. Through systems. Yeah. Exactly. So I'm going to plug that in here so that people can understand that having that experience that you had the 15 years, just because it was in a box of a government job, the systems that you operated under and were required to follow were absolutely vital for you setting up your entrepreneurial. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. It taught me process. Exactly. It taught me policy. It taught me compliance. Yep. And it taught me that if you don't have that secure foundation of those things, then you're going to have a hard time succeeding being an entrepreneur. Exactly. And, and you know, you guys go back to last Friday. That's what I really, really dug deep into in the part one is uh -huh. the importance of foundation of your business. And I will say this again. This is the caveat. You do not have to be an employee to automatically become an entrepreneur. Right. Are there lots of things that you can learn and paid to learn instead of going to school and paying somebody else to learn them or taking courses? Yes. But if that's not your path, that's totally fine. I, again, I don't want to ever put anybody in a box because that's the whole point of this experiment podcast is right. you know, both Lizzie and I have had multiple experiences in our background. I'm grateful for the 12 years that I had before I became an entrepreneur 20 years ago, but mm -hmm. I don't think I would be as efficient as I am right now without having gone through those experiences. And I still take courses. I literally invested in a course today, this morning for launching more online courses for myself and for the team that I'm building. You're constantly learning new things and investing in yourself in different ways. I, talk, I want to talk about really quick about DISC score and both you and I are, are very complementary to each other. I'm a high D with a, a fairly high I and a fairly high C and you can tell everybody what you are. I am kind of middle of the road D of 49. I am just a little bit lower than that, maybe like a 38, but I'm a high S and a high C. Really high. Yeah. Like, like 97. <laughs> 
I love and I love it. You know, and, and here's the thing, you guys, it's the same thing as I said in last week's podcast. Entrepreneurs need employees and vice versa. And on the disc score, you need people surrounding you that are complementary to you. And absolutely. You know, yep. my when I first met you, it was like I had gone to, well, you know, I'm going to show where I'm from. And, and I literally, I, it was like going to Opryland, which is kind of like a, a mini Disneyland on the countryside. It's in, Na- <laughs> it's in oh Nashville. Yeah. And you were just, the, I mean, it was my first day and you were just so up and had all the systems in place and there were multiple different areas of the business in this training so you were kind of having to speak to different levels of people and she just danced on that stage like it was nobody's business and and all of that was because she had the structure and the system in place and could flow from one to the other and it makes such a massive massive difference oh yeah it makes sense doesn't yeah. it? Yeah, it, it totally makes sense. makes sense. It connects all it, the dots and it makes you feel yeah. at ease. In my, the last podcast, I talk about the glossary of terms. Well, that's what she did. She immediately addressed, listen, business is business. It's a box. You just have to learn the different language of that box. Yeah. And the minute we started with her, she said, here's what this language means. Here's what CDA means. Here's what ROM means. Like, like yeah. there's all of these different abbreviations and you're coming in green. You're, we're all brilliant. We all have our own set of skills to bring to the table. But if you don't know the glossary of terms, you're out. Like you're, it's the learning curve is so much worse. So. Oh yeah. You can down there in a meeting and not know what anybody's talking about. <laughs> because so they're, true. they're using acronyms yeah. for everything and you're like uh let me write that down and look it up because I don't know what they're talking about and that's where I did not want anybody starting to be in that position yeah it's already hard enough to start a new job and you don't know anybody you're nervous did I make the right decision blah 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 whatever and then you got to deal with that nope no. no. Yeah. No. Let me interject some statistics here. Um, let me say that word again. Statistics here. <laughs> From Ober, I think, is it Oberlo? O-B-E-R-L-O.com. They have provided some, and it's just 10 little quick facts that I want to give you guys so that you can really comprehend the power of how literally this country alone is run by entrepreneurs. I won't bore you, but I I think it's important to add facts and data behind opinion. There are 30.7 million small businesses in the USA. Wow. Yeah. And uh, small companies create 1.5 million jobs annually, which account for 64% of the new jobs. Ninety percent of the business population represents small and medium-sized businesses. I think as an overall, a lot of us think of big, I call them big box, but the major corporations as being the major players, and it's just not the truth. It's not. 55% of respondents said the biggest motivation for opening their own business is because they want to be their own boss. Oh. Isn't that interesting? Yeah. So we're going to talk about that. And I love, and there's two things in this. So that, and then this is the other piece that I want to touch on in this podcast. Small businesses hit hard by COVID-19 crisis. 31% of businesses in the U.S. currently are non-operational. 
Yeah. And then for those of you that might be millennials, are you a Gen X? What, what am I? Yes, we're Gen X because we're the same yes, age. Yes, I am. Yeah, we're Gen Xers. So we didn't start out with this little computer in our hand. I literally, I think no. my dad got the, <laughs> one of the no. first little Mac computers, you know, that, that Steve Jobs created in his garage. He got one of those. And I think I might have been seven or eight. And it was this bubbly looking weird thing. And it was so bizarre. But my dad had one of those like first actual cell phones. And he was, my dad was a toy geek. So I got to experience all of that, but I was not raised with a massive computer in my hand. And that's, again, a whole nother conversation. But millennials and Gen Zers are 188% more likely to have the aim of creating a side business compared to, say, baby boomers and us. So I think that's really, really interesting, wow. and that's yeah. why I really want to touch on this because more than 50% of small businesses fail in their first year, and more than 95% small startups fail within the first five years. Oh. If you want to know how to last, I've been in business for 20 years, so if you want to know how to do that, it is that S and that C, it's the foundation. It has it to be sure tested is. out, and you have to evolve as you grow. I took a class with Aveda Corporation one time and it gave this awesome presentation about the evolution of a business and how as you grow and you get bigger and bigger and bigger, there's this whole other process that you have to go through. And it's like, you don't even think about that when you're just like so excited and you have this idea and you want to share it with the world. Let's talk about the piece from a foundational standpoint. What if you were to be advising someone right now that's starting up a new business, what, like, kind of give a one, two, three of, like, absolute must. I'll, act, I'll actually give you the process of a process. How's there you that? go. Love it. Go for it. So when we decide we've got an idea for business, what's the first thing most people do? Oh, what's my logo going to look like? <laughs> right? We want to build you know, Hold on. Logo. I got to tell everybody that's because we're a D and an I, <laughs> and we get so excited about the fluffy <laughs> stuff, so... <laughs> Yeah, well, S and C are going, uh, hold on, we need a solid foundation. There is a process of a process for every process. Yep. And I live by the process of a process. It's five steps for me. Number one, you identify the need, right? So you got to sit down. What is your product? How do you want it to work? And what do we need to make it work? You don't need a logo to make it work yet, nope. right? Correct. That's the fun stuff. Okay. So what what is the challenge, right? Or what is the pain point? And you've got to, that's step one, identify those needs. Then step two, you got to build the plan. This could start with, if only we had this, right? Or, oh, we need a spreadsheet to keep track of that. Or we need a program for this or that, whatever it is. Right, whatever that step one that identified that need that you just identified, you got to build a plan. This good again. Start with if only we had. You got to work as a team if you've got a team. If you're flying solo, use the resources and the people that you've met in your experiences as your team. Identify owners of each step. That's so important. All of that has to do with building the plan. Mm-hmm. Right. Right. If only we had. Work as a team, identify the owners of each step. That may just be you, <laughs> but I guarantee you, you're going to need outside opinions, which leads me to step three. Communicate the plan outside the box. Let me repeat. Yeah. 
outside the box. Outside your box. Yeah. Okay? Think about all the individuals this plan will affect, right? Mm -hmm. your, your business partners, your customers, your family. Who's going to be affected when you build this plan and make these, these changes when you identify this need? So step three, communicate the plan outside the box. Think about all the others. The big picture thinking is important. You have to think about tomorrow when you're working on today. You have to. Mm -hmm. If we push this button, what will happen? <laughs> what will this button do to all the others? What will this button do to my product? What will this button do to me, my family, my business partners? And you may need to tweak your plan a little, right? So right. then you got to one step backwards, go back to step two and tweak your plan as, as, as needed. Once you have communicated your plan outside the box, so you're going to get feedback, right? Mm -hmm. Then step four, execute that plan. All systems go. It's launch time. Hit the button. Yay. At, at that point, that's step four, right? You're ready to go. Well, then guess what? Then you got to step back a little bit and watch it. That's reassess. step five. Yep, reassess. That's called follow-up, right? Mm -hmm. Reassess. Analyze. Your, your feedback, your, yep. your, yeah, your analysis of is this plan working? So that's step five. Follow-up. Tweak, up. tweak, tweak. <laughs> is the plan working? If not, identify that new need. And start at step one again. So the process of a process is a it's a cycle. Mm -hmm. One, two, three, four, five, and then one again. Until you get it just right. And let's face it, nobody and nothing is perfect. I love that but you said that. As long as you're I, 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 towards it. Yeah, but hold on. Let's just let's really, 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 really emphasize that done is better than perfect, and it's such a little cliche slogan that is thrown around all the time in the industry. But the truth of the matter is, yeah. done is always better than perfect. And I had to learn that yeah. lesson the hard way because I am such a detail-oriented person yeah. that I understand. Yeah. The subconscious effect of certain things that I know really do have ripple effects. So I get sometimes so down a rabbit hole about those kinds of things that you're absolutely right. If you always remember that you can always go back and tweak it, like literally right now, I yesterday I launched promoting my reaching out for my national team to build my real estate team. And is it perfect? No, but you know what? It's not that I don't care. I do care, but it's more important for me to stay in momentum and stay in action mm -hmm. and be excited. And I'll fill in the gaps because I don't know the questions that they're going to ask me yet. So if right. I don't put it out there, I can't get that data back saying, I don't really understand what you're saying. Well, if I don't put it out there, how do I know if anybody's not understanding what I'm saying about it? You know, Well, if you think something is perfect, then there's no growth. Exactly. Oh, that's right. ding, 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 ding. Let's, so you need to say important. that again. You need to say yeah. that again. If you think something is perfect, there's no growth. Yes. And <laughs> you, you're always going to have to be looking closely to identify those needs because you're never going to get it perfect. You can get it close. You can get it where it's running like a dream, but it's never going to be perfect. And you know what? That's okay. Yeah. That's okay. Look at Apple, right? Yeah. Okay. If they had gotten the first phone perfect, we wouldn't have iPhone 10. Yeah, or 11 or 12, whatever's coming or out 12 now. 12 or 13 yeah. or whatever's out now, right? <laughs> yeah. You're always looking to improve. That's growth. You have to evolve with the industry that you're serving yeah. all the time. All the time. Remember, process of a process. 
Exactly. And when you're stuck in perfect, you can't be ahead of the curve. You can't see what's coming and take advantage of opportunities that other people are just so stuck in their process that Mm -hmm. they're not seeing what's coming down the pike. So there are a couple of advantages of just dropping that and just showing up and doing it and being vulnerable and being open to feedback. Yeah, exactly. So let's switch gears just a little bit because I want, again, the COVID situation has really, I, I call it an massive, massive awakening for us as human souls, not to get too woo-woo for anybody, but I really feel like on so many different levels, it is such a transformative year. Yes, has it been painful? 100%, we would all agree with that. But this has been a check-in with your soul to say, am I doing, am I being, am I existing as I am intended to be. And you and I both have been in situations that have made us... That we weren't. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And, and it was very unhealthy. And so my thing is, is that when you are in a situation, whether you're an entrepreneur or an employee, and as an entrepreneur, I have been in situations that were unhealthy in a work relationship. And as an employee, I have been in work relationships that were unhealthy and it shows up in your body. Oh yeah. And your health is so, so vital. Like the vessel that you are in walking around this earth on is that's all you got. Yeah. We got to take some punches here and there. I get that. But just really when you're penciling out your why really keep that front of mind because it can have massive quantum effects in how you function in your life. Do you want to elaborate? Oh, yeah. (laughs) First, remember, and now I didn't say this. This was a quote from uh, Wes Moore. Don't let people that don't matter too much matter too much. Mm. And when you have a servant's heart, you want to please everyone. And that can take a toll, a really big toll on your body and your mind, on your soul. Mm-hmm. Even your morality, right? Your moral values may suffer from it. I'm sorry. I don't know why that's funny to me. And the reason I'm laughing is because I'm literally like having flashbacks of all of these decisions that I've made where I altered my normal course and a thousand percent. Yeah, I was clearly I wasn't morally corrupt, but was I morally a little jaded? Oh, good Lord. Yeah, it's just. It, yeah, right. You're completely right. Yeah. You're not corrupt. You're not. You're, you're just not, off. You're just off, and it's not off. fun. And it's, it's and uncomfortable. It's also, when you have an entrepreneurial brain, but you are an employee and not an entrepreneur, as an employee, you're going to do stuff their way. When deep in your heart, <laughs> you know the better way is your is, you know, hey, I have a better idea. And it's not ego. It's not ego. It's, it's tried and ego. true. It's process. Yeah, exactly. You've been there, done that, and you already have, it's again, experience, right? It's experience. It's process. Yep. It's I've done it wrong before. Yes. I've been let where me, I see where you're going and I yeah, want to stop you from that you going it. there. Yeah. Let me help you do it right. Yeah. Because when we do it wrong, then all this other work comes with it because we have to clean our mess. And so that service minded. I want everybody to have a positive vision experience. And I have such a, uh, my quality of work is important to me that I easily could drive my health into the ground. And I did. 
Yeah, we both did. And, and when I no longer was that employee, it was an instant relief. It was an inst like the grimace on my face and the gray hair <laughs> from that that grew from being that employee yeah. stopped almost instantly. Yeah. And to the point where my daughter looked at me and said, uh, you look 10 years younger. <laughs> what did you do? And I'm like, well, I'm, I am no longer that employee. And I almost instantly felt healthier. I even lost weight. Of course, not, not that so day. Did I. So did I. I not mean, it's, it's, day, it's, I started finding myself again yeah. and caring about myself again. And the quality of work that I cared so much to please everyone, I'm now pleasing myself with it. Yeah. And I've lost weight and I'm in full makeup and hair every day. <laughs> and I'm, you know, and it's like, oh, I got my pretty back. Yeah. You, you got know? your sass back. It, yeah, exactly. And you just feel better. You feel alive. Yeah, you do come alive. And exactly. the thing is, it's because you have to exactly. shut pieces of your internalness down in order to exist in that space. And you, that it's such a subtle, subtle thing that happens. Mm -hmm. But if you can catch it in the beginning where you start to say, well, this doesn't make sense. Mm, mm -hmm. this is kind of weird. So then you knock that wall down and then go to the next one. And like before you know it, you're so far down that path that when you look back to that person that you truly are, you're like, oh, I can still handle this. It's okay. Oh, yeah. Oh, and Laura, I could have stayed working with the Attorney General's office for 33 yep. years. Yep. I could have. I really could have. And I would have probably been, and don't get me wrong, it was a great job. It was a great job. I'm not an employee. I'm an entrepreneur. Yeah. And if you stifle it because you're not listening to yourself, and I should have been this entrepreneur 20 years ago. I should have pulled the trigger then. But you live and learn. And so now I'm a seasoned realtor. Mm -hmm. loving what I do, a little trigger that really triggered me. I mean, for years, right? What, almost 16 years that I've been a licensed realtor. I, I always did it part-time mm -hmm. because it was always just, oh, I supplement my income as a single parent, and it was great. And, of course, now my child is grown and living on her own, and I don't have to worry about that. And it's just me and my husband, and I'm, I still was okay doing that part-time until that clicked, right? Mm -hmm. And I didn't want to let it go because I liked it when I did it. And I, I had a little bit of a drive because I personally, my first experience buying a house, I was very young, in my early 20s, and I allowed a, a seasoned realtor to take advantage of me. Oh, wow. And as a single parent, she got me into a house I couldn't afford. Mm. So a year later, I lost it. So when the time came for me to start working real estate, even part-time to supplement my income, something happened. I really liked it when I did it. And I thought, oh, I want to work with first-time buyers. Oh, I don't mm -hmm. want anybody to take advantage of. Yeah. Oh, I don't want, you know, that's you know, my maternal instinct, my life experience. You know, I don't ever want anybody to feel how I felt when I was losing my home. Yeah. And it, that drove me to continue to stay up with my continuing age education and my my license. And, and who knows, maybe someday, you know, when I retire from my job, I can be a full-time agent. Well, 
It wasn't until recently that I realized, you know what? I should have pulled this trigger a long time ago. <laughs> I am supposed to be an entrepreneur. I am no longer going to serve someone else's entrepreneurial dreams. Yep. I'm going to serve mine. Yay. And that's what I'm doing, and I love it. I love it, and I feel my body getting healthy. Yeah. And, and I love helping people. So now I'm helping people that in the long run, I'm, I'm really helping myself to build that generational wealth for my kids and future grandkids to enjoy. But it's got to get your foundation straight. And you have to recognize if you're at a job that you're like, I'm happy here. <laughs> this is a great job. That but sounded really happy. <laughs> something inside you yeah. is still not being fulfilled. Listen, listen. Yeah. I'm not. I'm not telling everybody to go quit their jobs tomorrow. No. I'm just telling you. Listen to yourself. And put listen. an action in plan. Like, yeah. like, stop ignoring body. it. Acknowledge no, what it is. You don't quit your job to do that. Yeah. Right. You you quit it when you're ready. Right. But and there are little baby steps that you can do between then and then. Just start putting it in motion. Well, and, and it's scary. It's scary. Yeah, but if it's scary, I, I, that means that you're you're growing. Like that that's my that's my trigger of that. If I'm not scared, then I'm not growing. And you're not fighting either. Right. You're not going to fight for it if it doesn't scare you. Nope. You got to be scared to react, right? So. And I was scared for so long because I was. Still, in, I guess in that mindset of that single mom that had to keep a job yeah. all the time, right? And I thought, boy, have I missed out a lot of years of helping people find their homes or sell their homes, helping first-time buyers to not be taken advantage of like I was. Yeah. And shame on me for not answering that call and waiting so long. But you know what? I'm doing it now. Exactly. It, it goes back to the being perfect thing. Like, just That's right. what's the point? That's right. Never going to be perfect. So, and that's okay. Exactly. I want to kind of close out with this one last statistic here. And and before I do, I want to give you guys how to get in touch with Lizzie. You can find her on Instagram at Lizzie Palma. That's L-I-Z-Z-Y-P-A-L-M-A Realtor. So at Lizzie Palma Realtor. And then you can also look her up online at joinreal.com forward slash Lizzie Palma. And the last statistic that I want to share is the, from the Oberlo respondents is what is the biggest challenge for small business? And 52% of the respondents stated that the most important problem for small businesses was labor quality. Now, isn't that interesting that we're sitting here talking about being employee versus entrepreneur. And I have said previously that if an employers would pay more attention to those entrepreneurs that they are benefited to be working with and gave them a little more input then the labor quality would go through the roof. A tip, hiring tip. When you're hiring and interviewing, first research your candidate. Make sure that they've got the skills that you need, the skills. If you're not the type of person that can train them on those skills, and of course you're going to need somebody with the skills that, that they need. But if you're okay with, hey, I can train them on the 
on the processes because you're all going to start building processes, right? So I can train mm -hmm. them on the, on the processes and on the equipment that we, you know, the tools that we use. But I want you to really concentrate on their personalities. If you talk to a candidate in a casual manner, they will expose their true self. Keep them talking. Keep them talking. Is that what you were doing with me? Yes, ma'am. <laughs> I warn them ahead of time. You're going to talk to other people, the hiring managers and the this and that. They're going to interview you on the technicalities. I want to know about you. And I'm very proud to say that I think everybody that I hired at the time when I was a hiring manager were quality. Because for me, you just have to have a little bit of skill and a lot of personality and good character. And I can train you to do anything. <laughs> but you have to want it, right? You gotta, you have to be that it factor for me. And that's quality employee, in, in my opinion and in, in my experience. And what kind of person are they? Yeah. Integrity is everything. You'll see. They'll start talking about their kid. Of course, should never ask about their familial status and all those things that you, you know as a hiring manager you're not supposed to ask. But if you're talking to them, they may reveal some of that stuff and really show their true self. If they're stiff and very formal, very, you're just answering your questions with short answers, which you could read off their resume, maybe keep looking. Yeah. No, maybe those are massively looking. valuable tips. for. Yeah, the, the person counts. And don't ever treat your employees as numbers. <laughs> <laughs> They're people. Yeah. People. Definitely. Absolutely. And keeping that piece top of mind that we are human beings. Yes, we are. You know, we're not computer entities. We are in each other's space, whether we're virtual or not. Like right now, she's coming to us via cell phone. So even though we're not literally in the same room, just treat the other person as a, a being that you would, you know, be kind to. And I love the fact that you just said, you know, keep them talking and, and just just being kind and being a human being to each other versus employer and interviewee and, and whatever labels you want to put on it. It's just if we would start to connect on that level, a lot of this stuff would get a lot easier. Absolutely. You're, you're looking for that common denominator that you have as human beings. Yeah. Yeah. And, right? and if it's a good fit. Yeah, it is. It is about the fit. Yeah. It is about the fit. You know, you're a dog lover. I'm a dog lover. <laughs> yeah. Right? Well, I mean, that's, take that for example. That says so many layers about somebody, you know, do, and I do a, a this or that, which we should do really quick here for most of my podcasts because it reveals something about the person, not right or wrong, not good or bad. It just gives you another layer of their personality. So while, since I'm saying that, let's do a quick little this or that. All right. Okay. Well, we already know that you prefer entrepreneur over employee, as do I. Yes. <laughs> yes. Uh, grateful for both. Mountains or beach? Ooh, beach. Me too. Friends or Seinfeld? Friends. Yay. I love both, but I, you know, I am a little I fonder of friends. I too, but yeah. I, I like friends. Sushi or pizza? Sushi. Oh, look at that. Awesome. Well, we already know your dogs are cats, so that one doesn't count. Right. Although I always wanted to be a veterinarian. Did you really? That's so cute. I did, I did too in the beginning, but I was like, too much science for me. Oh my gosh, all my life. All my, everybody always thought I'd be a veterinarian and always had multiple pets, rabbits and... So did I. I had a duck. 
I had pigs. Hamsters. Yeah. Oh, my Lord. Anyway. All right. Well, this has been way fun. I hope you guys have gotten massive value. Again, you can find Lizzie at, at Lizzie Palma Realtor on Instagram or join realfor.com forward slash Lizzie Palma. And girl, I love you. If you guys need help, mentorship, please don't hesitate to reach out to her because she will set you on the right path when it comes to the operational, especially when it comes to real estate business brokerage operations. She's just fantastic at it. So thank you. And I love it. I love it. Yeah. And it's, it's very apparent. It's very apparent. So thank you guys so much. Happy Friday. Next week we have our Monday market update. We also have Rita Catalino for our wellness Wednesday. We'll just see what we come up with the Friday free for all. Haven't gotten that one yet. Thanks. Thank you, Lizzie. Thank you. Happy Friday. Love ya. Love you guys. Thanks so much for listening to today's episode of the experiment podcast. Don't forget to subscribe, rate us and leave us a review. And as always, follow me on Instagram at Laura Dowdy underscore L E for live. Excellent. Go make a difference. Y'all the world needs you.